0: and thank you for joining me on this episode of the Emotional Alchemy podcast. Before we get into our conversation today, I want to share that the doors for Business Alchemist Mentorship are now open. I created this program to help space holders step toward their in-person or online businesses as a spiritual practice. I know you have medicine you want to share with the world and honestly, this is why I feel so passionate about this work as a business mentor. It makes my heart feel expansive and warm when I think about how different this world would be if you as a pattern breaker and as a change maker felt empowered about sharing your work with your community. It's my way of shifting the tide of extractivist, capitalistic ways of existing. I will be your guide so you can explore the emotional blocks that keep you spinning in circles and I share practical nuts and bolts principles that will keep your business humming along. We try to keep a solid balance of yin and yang around here. This program is centered on safety, intimate connection with community, and moving at the pace of trust, nature, and purpose. The curriculum and coaching I share is framed on the backdrop of my experience as a trauma-informed practitioner. If you're feeling curious, go check out my website, businessalchemistmentorship.com. We will begin this next cohort in mid-June, and it will be the only time I'm running it in 2024. I recently did an entire overhaul of the curriculum and felt that it needed a whole year to move through instead of the nine-month program it used to be, and I'm keeping it at this nine-month price one last time before I raise prices in 2025. Again, the website is businessalchemistmentorship.com and I would love to have you join our community.
1: So, first of these community
0: calls, I'm a little bit nervous-sighted, to be honest. Um, Part of it is because I, when I started the podcast back in 2020, this vision of the podcast being more interactive than it ended up being. So, if you listen back to some of my early podcast episodes, they're actually uh, recorded as workshops, and then. Like we released them as podcast episodes after they were like free workshops. And so we were not even very good at editing back then. And so if you listen back to some of those, you'll hear like random people chime in from the audience. And it's because we didn't like disclose that there was an audience there on the podcast. So that's a little bit shocking um, to go back and listen to some of those. But um, I had always envisioned the podcast being a bit more of like like people get to come in and share and learn. um, And then that gets recorded for a bigger audience. And so that's kind of what these community calls are all about is we will see what comes up today. I have no idea what kind of questions are gonna be asked. And from there, um, just full disclosure, um, you might be on the podcast if, if your question ends up getting picked. And, um, and so the first thing that I want us to do in terms of housekeeping is there's a way to change your name on here. Um, and if you do not want me to say your name in the podcast, um, just go ahead and change your name out so that it um, so that it doesn't show up. If you want to be a little bit more anonymous, that's
1: totally fine. I'll just give folks a minute to enter. Oh, we've got 14 people in here. I had 31 people RSVP, so we'll see how many end up showing up. It's always exciting to see who shows up. Okay, my dears. Thank you. Thank you for all being here.
0: And again, it's pretty informal in this space. And so, what we're going to do is Um, I'm going to just ask you to write in the chat, a question that you've been mulling over something that you'd like a little guidance on anything when it comes to spiritual entrepreneurship is game. And from there, I will choose which one we dive into. Um, and so I'll just give everybody a few moments to type away. And if you don't have a question, that's okay. And if you're just here to witness and be a
1: part of the community, that's perfect. But I'll just give folks a moment to to land with their question. We've got the questions starting to come in.
0: Beautiful questions Tiffany and Olivia have shared. I'm just going to take a moment to read the ones because now they're coming in in a nice long flow. So let's let's see which ones we're going to do. My goodness. I'm going to have to take screenshots of these. And if I don't answer them in today's call, I'll try my best to follow up on Instagram because these are such beautiful inquiries. Okay. So honestly, the one that I'm feeling drawn to talk about because I've been actually playing with this a bit in my own audience is this one about boundaries at the very end here, Katie. I'm going to ask you to just turn your mic on because it's just going to be a conversation between you and I. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, so how do we shine and hold boundaries without being perceived as doormats because of how our work is consumed? I want a little bit of context around this. Um, Did something happen recently? Is this something you've been sort of pondering and sort of putting out into the world and just feeling a little bit shy about sharing your work? Like give me a little bit of, of background around this question.
2: Sure.
3: Um, I've owned my business for five years. I own a large-scale brick and mortar wellness business um, that's very intentionally inclusive. And that can take a variety of forms Mm -hmm. and lenses that we do this work through. And I would say the struggle really ramped up, um, you know, three-ish years ago. And because of what my team and I do, which is, you know, serving, loving, holding space, um and working with people through a variety of lenses sometimes they just perceive the work as like something very transactional that they bought and paid for and they are entitled to be able to address you reach you have access to you at any time in any way um everybody has different identities when it comes to paying for services, Mm -hmm. um, how they budget for those services. And uh, I'm excited to, you know, dip my toe in this community this year, because one of the things that I've just been sitting with and my commitments to myself and my team going, you know, as we're, we're entering January now is... I, I love people so much that I just don't want to be a doormat and I'm willing to take so much. What I now sort of see is like abuse just in the name of being of service and working in the industry that we do. And so I'm really like in a headspace of talking about tactics and talking about like, what are my do's and my don'ts and, and what are we willing to do and what are we not willing to do and what are our always make exceptions for and never make exceptions for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Yeah, and I think my first question would be around how does it feel in your body when a boundary has been violated?
3: Urgent, tense. Mm-hmm. Um and I am uh <laughs> responding is in my DNA. I cannot, mm-hmm. I've not, I've managed to tame it, to work with it, to understand it, but it's ever present for me. And so I always, am a person like, you can count on me to get back to you because that's just how I'm programmed. <laughs> yeah. And so some of that like really gets, it, it really like muddies things sometimes for me and and with clients and even just teachers. It's like, you know, I do things so urgently, in response to their urgency, sometimes like I just skip over the boat, like I I dismiss that a boundary has even been broached because I just want to move on because yeah I'm a responder yeah yeah I'm a um, triager I am a concierge but I don't always want to be treated as such yeah. Okay.
0: So I don't know if you've been watching the the group, but I've been keeping an eye on on the group here, and I'm seeing so many nodding heads. Um, Thank you, I friends. Think, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of people who can understand that that piece. And I'm going to draw you back to the question, and this is not because you answered the question in an incorrect way, because sure. we got some beautiful context for this. But people tend to do this is um, when I say, what does it feel like in your body? We go into, these are my feelings, these are my emotions, this is my story. And I get curious about the body because your body also has a story. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it is rooted in that that um, emotional story of being a responder and of being a triager and of being like the first person on the scene to like fix the problem, Right. right? And so I want to be able to have a conversation with both sides of you, this Mm -hmm. emotional part, which is very, very present. And then the body part, because the body probably has some things as well that she is Mm -hmm. trying to tell you. So Mm -hmm. if I ask you the question again, how does it feel in your body when you are being, and now I get to use your words here, right? Is when you are being called into action, when you are being Mm -hmm. asked to respond, when um what I'm hearing is a little bit of like an anxious attachment style where like you have to do the thing and like take away the space and make sure that everyone else is taken care of so how is your body telling that story
3: I think it's old old life new life for me in a lot of ways the career that I came from and the career that I have now um I can't see heads nodding but i know a lot of us we didn't arrive to this work out of a desire to make more money and take over the world and like we're really in this work because of our hearts and and what we want to see and the change that we want to be and the allies that we want to be working with and so in my body you know my my story is I I have a very expansive marketing background I saw a ton of marketing questions in the thread um I was a very successful account manager and that is I was very good at that because that is response. It is like, who are you? What do you need? How fast can I get it to you? What is your deadline? Shave three days off of that. And so when I transitioned from that into the work that I have now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the building changed, the work changed, the team changed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've owned my business for five years and I still if I perceive myself as late to, to showing up to my own business that I own, like I still have to talk myself out of that. And so in my body, I would say tense, frustrated, burnt out. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And what is frustrated and burnt out? Where in your body is that? And what is the physical sensation of?
1: Uh,
3: It is, I am a hunched over like chest closer. My brain gets foggy. I feel overstimulated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it definitely strikes a chord just in, you know, my neurodivergence and ADD and, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of lens, you know, comes in and out for me. I always equate that to like, when you go for, um, you know, like a vision test. And they're like, does one look better than two? Is it one or is it two? Is it one or is it two? And I'm like, what is like you said, in the body, like what is responding? What are these lenses? What what if this is just I'm overwhelmed in the moment and I shouldn't be checking things in traffic? Or what if this is being forced on me? Like mm-hmm. how much of I am I choosing of this? How much of this is I'm not choosing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so this is where I want to just highlight something which is if we were to just go straight into
1: mm-hmm. like
0: talking about, well, this is how you hold boundaries. You have to say no. Like this is where the overwhelm right. <laughs> would actually get even worse is by right. giving you another strategy, giving you another tool, giving you another tactic. Right. It's actually going to make that worse yeah. because there is a part of your body, the part of you that feels hunched over. Mm-hmm. Can we talk to that part? Yeah. Do you feel okay going into there? I do. do. Let's
3: okay. talk direct. Like, yeah get in there I came here very curious and excited and (laughs) thanks for picking this question (laughs) yeah
0: so when can you bring that up in your body that like hunched over burnt out frustrated and feeling is that an accessible sensation for you Yes. yeah
1: how old is that part of you probably like 20 years old 25 years
3: old uh-huh. so what was happening at 20 to
0: 25 where you needed uh, to protect yourself by going hunched over
3: oh I had fierce uh developed a fierce coping
1: mechanism of hustling and independence uh-huh. and when you sit with that fierce coping mechanism Mm -hmm.
0: why did you need that to survive that part of your life that time in your life in your 20s
3: because the it was survive and grow into like this at the time you know without knowing it like what is success versus not being able to afford anything and having to move back home.
0: And that story of, I have to move back home or I have to hustle to make it.
3: It's either like move home as a failure or hustle, survive, thrive.
0: Mm. Yeah. So we know immediately here that your sympathetic nervous system was activated. Right. Because anytime somebody goes into this or that, they give me two choices, <laughs> you know, like your mm-hmm. body doesn't really understand the difference between right. a bear is running after you and mm-hmm. you might need to fight it or run away. And mm-hmm. it, it just contextualizes that in the same story that you just shared, which is right. I either need to hustle and thrive or I need mm-hmm. to go home as a failure.
3: Right.
0: And so there's a story here that's lodged around failure and like success.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And- I put these in like
3: gigantic. Absolutely. Air quotes, right. <laughs> giant
0: giant, yeah. giant giant air quotes,
3: right? Terms we've heard that we are now working to undo. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I get curious about why fight was your coping strategy.
3: If we knew the answer, um I am really prone to like ongoing low level range. Like I'm a fighter.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm a
3: rebel. I'm a misfit. I'm an anarchist with a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be Dennis Rodman when I grew up without Mm -hmm. the addiction or uh, interpersonal issues Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that I still relate to Um, you know it became part of my narrative it became part of my story punk rock was somewhere I felt really safe Mm. yeah and so this fight
0: part of you Mhm. What does that feel like when you say I have low level
1: rage? What does that feel like in your body? Physically, I would say it just it comes forth as like
3: a readiness. Um very high levels of situational awareness. Mhm who's in the room, who's coming, who's going. Um, Very keyed in onto people's body language, what they're saying. Um,
1: Good active listener. Have to hold myself back from always responding urgently.
3: Totally comfortable with confrontation. Mm -hmm. Relaxed almost in confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like once we get up over like mini Rage Hill
1: then I'm like, okay, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And how old is that part of you? I, I
3: I don't know a time where I, if I keep going a year back a year back and I get down into like early childhood, no. I, I don't know a time where that wasn't a thing for me. So 41 I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
0: actually where The root of this lies. Mm -hmm. It's not at twenty because twenty is like the branch. Sure, it's like the like I know how to do this. This is like a pretty good, strong programming of fight Mm -hmm. within me, and it just came forth in a very like live or die sort of situation. Right. But there was something about your childhood that said I have to be aware of everybody who walks in the room. Mm -hmm. I have to be ready for confrontation at any moment. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to read everyone's faces and discern mm-hmm. what's going on in terms of their emotional capacity and whatever is showing up for them. And that equaled safety for you as a child. Mm-hmm. Does that land or do you need to correct any part of that?
3: Uh that lands, you know, I think it's not until you're 21 years out of that that you kind of can look back and say like what were those mechanisms and what was at play and like and also becoming a parent myself you yeah. know <laughs> we'll we'll um cinch that up for you in a messy package with a misshapen bow
1: mm-hmm.
3: and um but yeah I would I would say like I if I go back I don't remember a time where I wasn't looking for Use validation. Um, you know, if I I I'm not a codependent person. I'm a very independent person. Yeah. Um. So that you know swings the other way for me. But um, not even so much a people pleaser as mm-hmm. like just that being incorporated. I guess is part of the hustle. Is like what is the the quickest point the the point of ease between A and B and Um, how do I get there with you know this person and even in you know to kind of go back to the original like doormat point of the question too it's Mm -hmm. just like how do you course correct people how do I course correct myself Mm -hmm. when I've communicated like a lack of boundaries too because Mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like how did you think this would be okay
1: Mm Yeah,
3: um, And I think it comes out in, in um, the type of work that we're all kind of coming from because the expectation is different than like you're a product that's making or like you've ordered something at a restaurant and you expect it to come a certain way. The things that we're marketing, selling, offering, working with, the people that we're serving, offering, and working with, are all coming at this from a different sort of, of place, and mm-hmm. not just consumer,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and the expectation is that you will hold space. Yeah, they're paying you. They're paying you for that.
0: Yeah, and so there's a transactional element to it that you um, like we're talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. So the pieces that I hear over and over and over again is this piece that you just shared, which is I somehow needed to survive my community, my family of origin.
1: Mm-hmm. And right.
0: going back and looking at our at our childhoods is not about placing blame on any of our family sure. It's really about understanding why your nervous system feels like it needs to respond the moment mm-hmm. that somebody texts you, you know, mm-hmm. the moment that somebody asks something of you and mm-hmm. you know, why that feels so threatening to just like let that simmer for a minute. And so this piece that I think a lot of us come into this work, and it makes a lot of us really good at our work, right? Is, right. These are beautiful gifts that we don't want to shut down in terms of being able to read people, being able to walk into mm-hmm. a room and understand like, mm-hmm. this is what this room needs. Right. right. So true. But we also want to make sure that it feels balanced and reciprocal so that we don't mm-hmm. get burnt out in the work mm-hmm. that we do.
3: Right. And so reciprocal is such a good word. Yeah. Yeah. equitable you know yeah
0: yeah and there has to be reciprocity beyond just the monetary exchange of here I'm paying for the service you need to deliver this service for me because then we okay. end up being just a part of there were some questions earlier that I that I want to just dig my teeth into around capitalism like then we just end up mm-hmm. being a part of this capitalistic system if we don't understand this reciprocity that goes down into these deeper layers and just the, right. the superficial transaction of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you, when you think about that little one mm-hmm. who needed to respond
1: immediately, what would have happened if you didn't respond immediately? What were the? the sort of predictable consequences of that confusion I guess Mm -hmm. just kind of like
3: sitting in a mess more than like cleaning it up ongoing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, probably a ton less multitasking yeah and why did it feel so
0: threatening for you I'm I'm going to just put an age in here Um, sure like at three to just let things sit at four
1: to just let things sit i had a, a reactive parent i had um like not a lot of ritual
3: not a lot of like the structure that was there would have been like societal structure but not like spiritual structure mm.
0: Can you explain Um, a little bit more on what you mean by spiritual structure? I don't think I quite understand that piece.
1: Sure.
3: Um, Like, I was raised by people that I don't think had been raised to understand, like, you have to have time to get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And that getting to know yourself is like a roller coaster of tunnels of dark and light and in and out. And it's an ongoing thing. Um, that life doesn't have to like look and feel and be a certain way all the time, and that not everything has to be like controlled or like marry up to a set of expectations. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of like, I don't know, just see how it feels, or I don't know, just experiment. Like it was like if you're gonna do ballet, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be the best at it or you know, just like childhood stuff like that that I feel like so many people um, carry those stories in themselves. And, um, you know, what would have been the consequence if I didn't respond at three, uh, probably more expectations, probably more urgency. Um, you know, all in that being said, everybody was doing the best that they could. And I totally, Mm -hmm. uh, honor that. And, you know, I'm still parented by these folks today yeah in a different way yeah yeah absolutely
0: and so what i'm hearing in this story is this interplay between the masculine and the feminine and the feminine is the part that says i don't know let's just be creative today let's just just figure stuff out today you know Mm -hmm. let's just see how you feel Mm -hmm. and then the masculine part is the one that gives us structure right And so, what I'm hearing is there was a lot of masculine structure and not Mm -hmm. a ton of feminine play, creativity, let's just see what happens sort of energy. Yeah. Right. And so, now when we sort of fast forward you into your present day, Mm -hmm. this is the structure that you put for people, for Mm -hmm. your clients, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, like what I perceived to be safe when I was three or four or seven or 12 Mm -hmm. or 20 was structure.
2: Right. Right.
0: And so therefore to create safe spaces for people, I need to create structure where actually what we need to do is look at the interplay between Mm -hmm. the masculine and the feminine, Mm -hmm. because what you can end up doing, if we give people too much structure as our clients is Mm -hmm. you take away their ability to problem solve. Right. And so if you're always coming in and saving the day Mm -hmm. and answering the question Mm -hmm. and and doing Mm -hmm. the thing for them, then they Mm -hmm. have no ability to become independent themselves. Right. Right. Which is kind of what you were craving when you were little. Mm -hmm. Is you wanted that independence to be like, I don't know, what do I want to do today? Totally. What do I want to feel into today? And Mm -hmm. even if the feeling is scary, like, like it'd be great if someone could just hold me in the scary feeling. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know. And so that's the piece that is asking to be looked at is this younger version of you. And I imagine that you can Mm -hmm. you can go back in your life and be like, okay, so like at three, at four, or five, like Mm -hmm. these looked these, this, this concept looked different at those different, you know, stages of your life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so when somebody text messages you and says, hey, Mm -hmm. I need your help right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's not the the 40-year-old you who's sitting in the driver's seat of that bus. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you said you were age-wise.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. It's the five-year-old who is now sitting in the the driver's seat and is like, okay, like I need to create the, I need to figure out how to make the structure happen so that this person feels safe because that's what I perceive to be safe. Mm -hmm. And that's what was shown to me to be safe.
3: And yeah, so. I I have this, like, um, also, like, part of this belief is just informed that so many other companies in the world, like, have conditioned people into the, expecting instant responses, that they treat me like I'm Amazon, and that um there's a 24-hour chat available to them. <laughs> and so um, that gets challenged, you know, for me every day, too. And this is, like, it's like, I'll get things where it's like, it's been 20 minutes since I reached out and I haven't heard back. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So even though, you know, I'm actively like working on that and looking at that and, you know, sort of thinking about when you were saying the, the inner child or like a three or five-year-old version of me, like I'm actually picturing three to five-year-old me sitting in my, my desk chair right now, (laughs) <laughs> you know, at this space, as like a mini, like um, if you've ever seen the movie Boss Baby, that's what I keep imagining is <laughs> like that sort of scenario. Uh, but like a lot of these really capitalist places, companies, culture, structure is still at play for people um, to the point where they don't even know that they're being influenced by it, yeah. and then they arrive to my front desk, and we're having to like just do this a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So do you have any boundaries in place in terms of like written statements around when you do check
3: messages, where you don't check messages? So this is where the strategy comes in, right? Yeah, I have a lot of that. Um, And trying to communicate that um, is a consistent kind of struggle. It's something that I think just gets lost on the journey for some folks is they they really want what they're what they're seeking when they come here is the the experience of being here but the outcome and so they they sometimes have a tendency to skip over um the rules for engagement Mm. and uh We have a Brave Space and Core Values policy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a lot of, probably the most robust onboarding I've seen for a space like mine. And really the most, like the most accessibility to me. Like I'm wildly, maybe too available. Yeah, I'm too visible sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It was important to me for the space that I have and the work that we do to be, to have, an office here and to work here and like be amongst the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to hide my car. Sometimes I have to park in the back because people will see my car and be like, Oh, she's in, let me just stop and bombard her with my needs. Mm. So like, that's kind of where I met with it too is I would never think if I saw somebody, if if I saw someone's car at their office, I would never think of, stopping in there and interrupting their work day and just like coming in. Yeah. But I guess the nature of the work that I do just makes people think that I'm just sitting around waiting, you know, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, there. that's a tactic. If you want to go deep into like things I've had to do just to have space or like fight off urgency, like I park in the back because if they see that car. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's a tactic out of
0: the flight response though right yeah if we were to put on a tactic and a boundary Mm
4: -hmm. that
0: is not coming from a flight response right what can that look like
3: for you so i have like posted office hours Mm -hmm. where it's like i'm available between this time and this time you can expect your messages um concerns and questions to be responded this time this time you know thank you so much um I'm also a mother. I'm also someone that sleeps. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm trying to figure out in the journey of like where I could also be more upfront about that versus like punitive. Like I hate to come back at people and be like, I'm not available. (laughs) Like that's not punitive though. Right. You know, but just like I don't often want to use my marketing space for people to get like in trouble or feel like they're being communicated to about boundaries mm. and so how
0: often do you let people in outside of your office hours times
3: it's been waning um over time it used to I used to just when I first started this business I was like who are you what do you need how can we help let me serve 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 Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't work. So then you scale back. And and so I think for five years, there's been this steady scale backness mm-hmm. um, to the point now where like when I, when someone does come in or someone is messaging or they're messaging ex- excessively, you know, I will throw up a got your message and I will respond to it in X, Y, Z time.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Perfect. Um, so yeah, but it's very seasonal too. Like I notice. Does it upset um, you that you have to put up that like, hey, I will respond to you in X, Y, and Z time? Sometimes it does. And other times I see it as a choice. Like I set out on a very specific mission to do very specific work.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And sometimes that begets a, a portion of the population that um, isn't, always able to see boundaries
1: Mm
3: -hmm. and is uh just learning them like Mm -hmm. they're they're learning them in a place where they feel safe Mm -hmm. um so over the course of time and and i had a really difficult december where the expectations of me and what I would be doing in December on behalf of my business were different than my own expectations for myself. (laughs) So we had this gap, I call it the gap analysis where it's like, you know, how I've been upfront and communicating what I'm capable or available to do. And then what people are just demanding and then what is in the gap. And then am I going to bridge the gap? Am I going to shorten the gap? Am I going to like, just stay on my side? and not extend um mm-hmm. and so December just was a lot of that swirl so now I'm I am coming into um you know and I'm I'm not a person um either and I'm not a person in my business where I market resolutions it's just mm-hmm. not my brand it's not I think every day can be a resolution can wake up every day and decide to change what's not no longer serving um but I also like sent my child back to school this morning and I'm like, okay, like we're coming back into renewed boundaries into um, stronger force fields because the boundaries slip too when you're tired. Right. Yeah. So like the more burnt out and exhausted you get, like the, it just, it compounds itself. Yeah.
0: So I think the pieces here that I want to poke at is um you holding a boundary is not you being punitive or mad. People are right. allowed to ask. That yeah. does not mean that you have to give.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I imagine that it is the three-year-old, the four-year-old, picking an right. age, mm-hmm. that is saying, "I'm obligated to give if somebody asks me." Right. And so if I say no mm-hmm. to doing ballet in X, Y, and Z ways. And I am somehow punishing or being mean to my parents. And so that is the place that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the 40 year old who's saying yes to the request. It's the five-year-old saying yes to the request. Right. And so I'm going to just put it out here um, to our community. And. I'll have you just close your eyes and receive words for just a moment, Katie, because it's a a really young version of you that is needing permission to say no. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to ask the folks who are in the room and just envision Katie as an adorable little, you know, five-year-old who wants to be Dennis Rodman. (laughs) And, as an adult, what would you say to a five year old that you see
1: who's overextending for yes And you can turn on your mic and and share whenever that feels good for you?
2: Hello, Katie. Um, I think. Um I relate a lot to what you're saying, and an important thing to know is that you are held and you are loved no matter what you do. You know, you you have space to make mistakes and you have space to be yourself. Doesn't matter the outcome and knowing that there is love available to you and that it doesn't matter what happens there is to a place where you can be saved and loved um will allow you like to receive a rug a hug sorry when you make a mistake or even just to be okay to say like no i, I don't want to do this 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 is an important time for me or even just not saying anything and taking your space it's okay we we're here for you even though I I don't know you but you are held there is so much love available and knowing that makes all the difference so please don't you ever forget you are very loved
5: I wanted to say, um, Katie, that it's safe for you to say no, and you get
1: to choose. I'm taking some notes because there's been some really
3: wonderful things, and I thank both of you for responding Mm -hmm. in such a way. Um, Safe to say no, I wrote that down. Um, that should probably get tattooed on me uh <laughs> and the space to make of mistakes us. yeah the space to make mistakes like I hold myself to such a high standard um and I'm proud of that but also you know it can be hard to always
1: attain and just letting myself have like off days check in and see if anybody else have any wise words for 5-year-old Katie. Katie,
3: um you are my punk rock unicorn twin. <laughs> I resonated with everything you said, but you are you're brave because like I wasn't able to share that, so you articulated it so beautifully. Everything you said like I wanted to say but didn't have the words to say it. So thank you for um, sharing. I'm rooting you for called. you and I'm so out of five-year-old Katie so proud I mean she was a firecracker then and she's a firecracker now for
0: sure yeah. <laughs> Love it. so Katie I want to just check in with that hunched over feeling that you were talking about earlier um at that sensation in your body and just check in and see how your body's doing there
3: I mean I feel way more relaxed I feel like what a exceptional first call to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis, if you're out there, uh, <laughs> I almost feel <laughs> more Dennis-like being relaxed yes. and like, able to be a badass than like torqued <laughs> up is where I would say I've netted out today. <laughs> mm. Love it.
0: I don't know that anybody has ever used Dennis Rodman as their, like, parasympathetic <laughs> archetype, but I kind of love
1: it for you. <laughs> it's like, if- it's, it,
3: to me, it's, like, also, like, people have a lot to say about him. He's done a lot of things that maybe aren't the best choices, but, like, it speaks to the duality in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, his shadow work is on full display
1: for yeah. everyone. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: And for those of you who are listening to this episode, um, Katie's got beautiful, like curly, like bright blue, bright pink, purple hair. So she's, she's, rocking, she's rocking the look. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being brave and sharing your story and sharing um, and letting us hold you in this
3: inquiry that you've had. So thank you. I'm so grateful. I mean, it was awesome to unpack with everybody.
2: Yeah,
1: it was, I'm sure, really lovely for, for folks to stay here and witness, yeah.
2: So if that feels complete, I'm gonna do one more question. So let me, aw, uh, love the little notes coming through, saying thank you to Katie.
1: Okay, so I really I'm going to take a screenshot of all these chat
0: messages because these are going to be so fun to try to answer. Um,
1: If not here, then on Instagram. See. Just reading through the questions, let me know if there's anything else you
0: you thought of in terms of a question you want to throw in here for consideration. So Daria says, I'm doing an exercise on niching and having a hard time. I know I can serve so many people. I have been able to come up with two types of people. As someone programmed to follow the rules, it's hard for me to see how I can market to both of them without confusing anyone. Okay, Daria, I'm going to need you to turn your mic on and expand a little bit here.
5: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I, um, I'm a yoga teacher turned digital, like entrepreneur person who is just trying to figure out this online space and being in the wild, wild west that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I am trained in transforming trauma. So like, I know a lot about like this nervous system regulation stuff. And um, I'm somebody who's kind of like stacked up all the educational experiences and gone to all the marketing freebie things and like is really been trying to like suss out and like spread everything open wide and figure out like this one clear channel, uh, because I have so many interests and I love helping people. Mm -hmm. And I know that my work, um, is really potent for all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. So I, it started with, um, I'm, I've been doing this self-care circle and I had to like get scrappy as the online marketers would say. And I just started texting people I knew and like writing emails and like really just calling people in. Mm -hmm. And it was so beneficial to them. And at the same time, with my like more refined, like yoga training and people that I know in that world who are also trying to start their businesses and have some kind of an online presence, I really find myself drawn, drawn more to this person who is like, super educated and, um, wanting to make their business something. I have some background in design and marketing. So that also like feels really aligned. I guess I just have these, like these threads that are pretty different. Um, and so I, I guess I hesitate to really fully market towards this, um, woman who I know I can help versus, you know, more of a general population or just like women who serve um, and thinking that, you know, I don't want to turn one off or on because I love doing the self-care circle, which feels very much like I can serve many different kinds of people from all different kinds of backgrounds. And then like, there's this, maybe one kind of more nuanced version of a person um who I would like to work with one-on-one to help you know like with my with my income stream because yeah because I gotta like diversify and like have different levels of offerings and stuff um so that's kind of where I am okay um
0: there's a couple different ways we can go with this my first like ping of curiosity is do you know what your human design type is by chance
5: is that like manifesting generator yeah is that, yeah that's the one that I am is the manifesting yeah. generator <laughs> so um,
0: so I don't know if you've done any amount of like diving into your type um I'll put a link in the show notes for uh my friend Nadia last she's got a podcast it's called the current and she has a series where she goes into each type in like like you there's like a an hour-long episode about each type and you are the quintessential manifesting generator and I say that with love because I am also a manifesting generator who like had the hardest time quote unquote niching down because it's like I'm interested in so many different things why can't I just do all the things and like be supported by all the things because I have such an interest in all of it um so I will say that as a one of the like markers of being a Manny gen is that like so many different interests and our work is about finding the thread of commonality within all those interests and bringing it together in a way that's really unique. Um, and so we're really good at finding and looking at patterns and being like, oh, nobody's seen this pattern before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so um, I can show that in my own life. I've, Was a veterinary technician. I was a bartender. I managed a restaurant. I have a background in acupuncture. I was a relationship coach. And like all that stuff, like that seems completely separate and like from totally different worlds. All that stuff is actually brought into my work with spiritual entrepreneurs. All the nervous system stuff, my training with fertility medicine when I was an acupuncturist, my way of speaking to people when I was a bartender, like, like I I feel like I got way more training holding space for people in a bar than I did actually in acupuncture school. Um, But you know, all yeah, all that stuff comes through, and so it's about taking your life experiences and being like, oh, there's a common thread here. And for me, that common thread has always been trauma. Um, And so being able to look at business from a trauma informed lens is sort of like, it's given my work a sense of like before and after, because it's like, oh, there's a reason why I was drawn to all this stuff. And now I understand why and like when I was a vet tech, I would not be able to tell you that one day this is what I would be doing, you know. And so there's a certain level of like the manifesting generator has to have this like, like winding path to wherever we end up. And and I've talked to enough many gems now where it's like we all have that sort of in common around like, like why can't I just pick a thing and like get into the thing, um. Another way to think of it in sort of like elemental language is I have friends um, that we call like more of a metal type in Dallas medicine, where it's like they pick that one thing and they get super nerdy about that one thing. And like, that's like all they want to do. Right. Like, like I have a friend who's, oh, my gosh, he's in nanotech and he comes up with like filters for like very, very small viruses, is how I understand his work. And he's just like a complete nerd about that one thing. He can't think about doing anything other than that one thing, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. um, for some of us, we are more like trees, you know? We have these branches and we create this ecosystem and you know, now there's like squirrels that live in the tree and we produce fruit and we provide nourishment in that way. And it's just this, like, we see the interconnectedness of everything. And that's sort of how I think about the many-gen energy in mm. elemental language is more of like the wood type. Mm. Um, so that's like one place that I'm I'm sort of like, don't mess with that. <laughs> like, this is kind of like just who you are. And so like, let's not like, make that a thing that's wrong by like telling you you need to niche down and niche down and niche down and become this like thing that you don't fit into Mm -hmm. right because I think that your niche is going to reveal itself as you become more creative about and curious about like hey like what's the interconnectedness of all these pieces that I've been studying you know does that make sense
5: yeah it it does make sense like in, in these exercises, you know, I have like lists and journal entries and like, yeah, I'm constantly like looking at the ones that I did a year ago yeah. and, you know, seeing like, okay, what was there? What's still here? What is, what does this look like? Yeah. But that definitely resonates about <laughs> this feeling of like, wishing that I could just pick a fucking category. and <laughs> Um, and it's also giving me like a sense of relief of, okay, I'm not supposed to be that way. I'm like giving myself permission to like, you know, be all the things and be more creative, um, in my offerings and, um, yeah, like not trying, not trying to do that, even though all the digital marketers are like, you need to niche.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to poke a little bit into the niching piece because I want to make sure that the, like, I want to serve all the people is coming from a parasympathetic yeah. space and not from a sympathetic space. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when you
1: think about serving these two audiences right how does that feel in your body
0: when you think about being practitioner both a general practice and also
5: sort of like the entrepreneur practice yeah i i feel like that feels i think that okay so Serving like this more general population feels more easeful, and this other group of people feels like that could bring up in me. Um, you know, people like to talk about imposter syndrome since I haven't like fully figured it out in giant air quotes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: but you know, like in the same, like in the same breath, I know that I can offer a different perspective and can see things that, you know, my clients can't necessarily see Mm -hmm. and can help them like get to that place. So it feels more like a challenge, but like a challenge that I want.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What's that? Yeah. It does make sense. And again, I'm going to go back to that, like that wood type analogy Mm -hmm. um if we think about you as a little plant
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um like you've been like you were saying like that that first audience feels really easeful for you Mm -hmm. um and so the image that came to me was like you as a little potted plant who's like comfortable in this potted plant like little pot right yeah And I almost wonder if there's a sense of you starting to feel like your roots are touching the edges of that pot Mm. and being like, I haven't quite outgrown it yet. Mm -hmm. Still something to learn in this pot, but I might be ready to be transplanted into a bigger pot at some point. And so if that's the space that you're in, just allow that space to be as easeful as as it can be as Mm -hmm. you sort of transition. Mm -hmm you know
5: yeah it feels like that what you just said feels very aligned with the place that i am um i'm really just starting to cultivate this self-care circle like fully
1: mm-hmm. i
5: mean it's it's so crazy because you know like i i'll be in the frequency of something and like it begins and it happens and i already feel like Oh, maybe I'm ready to stretch even more. And as I'm getting ready to run the self-care circle, like for the second time, I noticed myself like wanting to get all out there, but then kind of like containing just a little bit, um, so that I can maybe keep feeling my roots yeah. rather, you know, I, I want to like, yeah, keep feeling my roots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that feels very um that feels resonant for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, because that's another piece around the mani-gen type is like it can sometimes feel frustrating. It's like, but I just started doing this thing. Like I've put so much work into this piece and I need to like see it through to the end, whatever the end means.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And there can be a level of frustration of like, oh God, I'm gonna fucking start over, all over again. Like and You know, I remember when I was a relationship coach, that's, like, sort of how I started out, like, doing the coaching thing. Mm
2: -hmm. I ran
0: a couple of rounds of a program called the Heart Lab and put so much, like, work, time, energy creating that program Mm -hmm. and feeling that frustration of, like, I know that I can do this forever, but I'm not feeling super excited about it. What I'm feeling excited about and what people are calling me and asking me for support on is actually business coaching. Mm -hmm. And I will share that, like I've probably taken 60% of the curriculum from the Heart Lab and Mm -hmm. put it into business alchemist mentorship because the concepts and the principles are the same. And again, it's that like through line, right? So I imagine that what you're learning here with this group, this self-care group, Mm -hmm. like it's not a waste. It is you're going on that journey with them for a reason. And you're going to pull that through, whether it's in the actual curriculum that gets pulled through or just what you learn from that process gets pulled through Mm -hmm. into the next iteration.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Is that making sense?
5: Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. 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 So
0: let yourself be in this like, like this limbo space, you know? Okay. Let it be like you can pull as much nutrition out of this small pot that you're in right now so that it can feed you when you do get transplanted and when that feels right for you.
5: Yeah. Yeah, that, that feels really good because it does feel like um, something that can be consistent and like very supportive, like in the foundations of my business, because I am just like, I am still a little plant in a little mm-hmm. pot yeah. Um, in terms of like this, you know, what I'm doing and how big my business is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that feels good. Yeah. And for better or
0: worse, like many gens are not really good at just staying in ease, like I can just say that from not good at what just staying in the like easy place. (laughs) Like like there's something about our energy systems that wants to push up against challenges. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you explained that first audience as being like, this is full of ease. Like that's going to get old and Mm -hmm. you'll know when it's time to transplant.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And um, my, like some of my themes, like ending 2022 and beginning 2023, like I, I've listened to or read, you know, gotten stuff from you about like, you know, having the masculine container and like being in the receptive feminine. And I am finding myself more and more embodying this receptivity in my, because I've been such a pusher and a doer, and so this is also feeling like really aligned with like my intentions for 2023 to just like allow receive and nourish and like be in that limbo state and like it's okay to not know yeah um and just like keep exploring yeah so yeah that's what yeah. i like doing anything anyway like researching <laughs> figuring out like scratching different surfaces um so yeah absolutely. thank you so much
0: yeah absolutely yeah thanks for asking the question does that feel complete
5: yeah i feel complete unless there was anything else you wanted to share like um yeah perfect thank you thank
2: you
0: thank you mm-hmm. so we've got a couple more minutes if people want to stick around are we okay on time for for y'all are we good yeah okay um just to sort of piggyback on on what you were sharing daria let's check in with layma because um, you were saying that you had um you said i loved your video about unrooted masculine and feminine in business and would love to hear more in depth so let's let's jam hi hi are you okay if i use your name in the recording yeah sure yeah okay cool so did you have any more like specific questions like context behind that question? Cause I could talk about the masculine feminine, like all fucking day long. <laughs>
4: um, it was a huge, like I listened to that video so many times and I sent all my friends who were in the, <laughs> who were kind of in that and there was a huge uh, resonance uh, mm. just the way you explain that. And I was like do I fit the unrooted masculine number yes do I fit the other one yes oh my god <laughs> and <laughs> now to be in this space where um where you said that the answer to both is to slow down then um, um that um that is kind of where I am right now and I feel like I sent my masculine side on this unknown quest in like twenty-five different directions at full force.
0: Yeah, and
4: years to build like a little empire of my own, and it's just amazing. I'm amazed with the with this uh, masculine power how it actually completed this task of my unrooted feminine to go in all the quests at the same time and do this and this and this and this and this and um now in this space of um thinking how this rooting down works and clarifying this uh, intention Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i'd just love to hear anything else you have to say because there are so many aha moments and in general this topic with the masculine feminine the how it works in what situation to Mm. really is like a topic that is so alive every Mm -hmm. moment for that I look at it every month is this the the masculine way this is the feminine like what is responding like I'm looking at it all the time it's Mm -hmm. really fascinating Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so I think just to get like a general sense of like the vocabulary and the verbiage that we're using, I think it'd be helpful just to start the conversation and then I'll probably ping it back and forth between you and everybody else in this in this room because I think this is something that we can all really jam about, honestly. So um, yeah, so I, I posted something on Instagram about the unrooted masculine and feminine in business. And to me, if we sort of like... Like super generalized things, I use the terms masculine and feminine interchangeably with yang and yin. So masculine is yang energy, feminine is yin energy. Um, Yin and yang makes more sense to me just with my Dallas background, but that's not the terms that a lot of my audience uses. And so I sort of, I play with those two terms. Um, The feminine is the part of us that holds intention. It's the part of us that is able to be in creation, you know? And the masculine is the part of us that um, takes that mandate from the feminine and then does things, like is the actor, is the structure like we were talking about with Katie and her family, um, is the part of us that um, is really efficient at making things happen, right? And so that can be applied I mean, yin-yang theory in Dallas medicine is the root of everything. So that can be applied in every aspect of not just business, but in life, right? And so I'm curious just with that sort of like basic understanding. And I think that, you know, we're in a space where, where a lot of us are sort of playing with these dynamics. How's that showing up for people um, just on that, like first basis, like, can you identify places in your own business practice where you're like oh that's an unrooted masculine or that's an unrooted feminine and i'll just invite you to open up your mic and
5: share i've reflected like i have learned i'm learning from you know a couple you and somebody else like about masculine and feminine dynamics and i've studied a little um, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: And I, you know, in my question, I was like, in my programming, I, I really realized in my programming in the past, um, was like just super. And I guess it's unrooted masculine. If you're just like chasing the 25 different things and doing them without like having that, that master kind of plan in a way, like from the feminine. Yeah. So historically I was somebody who in my work would be productive and do just because I thought I was supposed to be doing a lot of things. Yeah. And so it was like really uncomfortable and difficult to like pull the reins back on that and be like, Whoa, I need to, I mean, thank God for 2020 because that that helped me hit the brakes, you yeah. know, and just be like, okay, that was not working. I'm spinning my wheels and I'm overwhelmed and I'm burnt out and I'm frustrated. And like really the last two full years have been like, you know, de-pro- deconditioning myself out of that and um, like really cracking open my feminine way, which is like my way really, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I have like more reflections in masculine and feminine.
0: And I think you bring up a really important piece there, which is like our society validates that masculine part. And so it's really, really hard to break out of that cycle because not only is shit getting done. But like people are looking at you and being like, wow, look at how much shit you got done, (laughs) you know? And so like, because we are social creatures that, you know, for better or worse, we take a lot from our our communities. We like that validation. Our nervous systems like that validation. And so there's not a lot of people. And this is where I think that, you know, it's helpful. when there are more voices out there saying like, no, let's slow down and root into the, the feminine. It's not saying don't do. You know, we need both aspects of the masculine and the feminine, but it's it's really about how can we be really intentional and values driven and ethics driven, which kind of goes back to these conversations that that I've been trying to have on Instagram around capitalism is when we take action and when we provide service in a way that is not just about let me just do the thing. And fix the thing for you and really about like can we help you become more rooted in your own feminine because that's a part of us that a lot of us are out of touch with or it's a part of us that is um, has been mutated in a way you know because we are not just validated on the masculine side for for doing but on the feminine side we're specifically validated for over giving as well you know and so then it's like we have a split and a separation between the masculine and the feminine where it's like we're overdoing and we're overgiving and that is just a recipe for burnout yeah thanks for that reflection daria (coughs) anybody else have any um reflections on how that shows up in your business like the unrooted masculine and
6: unrooted feminine yes um it's definitely coming up now i think um, you know, as we start the new year mm-hmm. and I am planning, you know, doing some annual planning, um, sort of goal setting for my coaching practice, um, it's so easy to kind of go from the place of, um, you know, I want to work with this many number of clients and reach this kind of um, income or, you know, kind of putting numbers to these goals and, and planning and so I'm actively, you know, like trying to bring up that feminine. Mm -hmm. side of me and really kind of um, going back to my intentions and values and what really truly excites me Mm -hmm. um, and kind of working with both um, the masculine and the feminine to um, create sort of planning and and goals that are um, both exciting and measurable
2: yeah
0: yeah and having those plans be not just the tangible which the masculine loves and thrives on but also the intangibles Um, and having the intangibles drive the tangibles. And so Mm -hmm. like, I think a really good place for um, someone who's at the beginning of their coaching practice, like you, um, is to really start thinking about, okay, so if we take money completely out of the equation, if we talk, if we take these quantifiers out of the equation, you know, like who do you want to be talking to on a daily basis? And start from that place of, of service, which is the gift of the feminine, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how you can root into the feminine is like, who do I actually want to be talking to? Who can I actually serve? And then build out the the masculine structure from that place.
6: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's a beautiful, like, beautiful way to integrate both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for that.
0: And I talk about the masculine and feminine a lot in marketing. Because I see so, like, I mean, Instagram is just this, for better or worse, it's like a really fun playground to, like, watch people's, like, masculine and feminine dynamics come out. Because, like, on the masculine side, like, if we can further break it down, uh, it's not just the unrooted masculine. It's like you can be hyper-masculinized or under-masculinized. And then the same thing on the feminine side. We can be hyper and under feminized, right, and so like we can even break them down further into like four sections, if you can sort of imagine that. And so like the hyper masculinized version is a bit of like a dictator, which is what I see a lot of marketing nowadays look like. Is let me fix this for you. Let's identify a pain point. Let's like slam on that pain point, and then like come in as the rescuer because I'm going to do all the things for you. Um, in the like under masculinized side, um, I think of this as more of like, let's join the cool kids club. Like, like sort of immature masculine tends to be like, let's gang up, let's figure out a space that's like just for us. And, yeah. um, and so like, I see a lot of, um, not a ton, it's definitely not as common as that, the hyper masculinized size, but like, there's, there's some, stuff out there that is like, like join this mystery club. And it's like sort of shrouded in, in this like sense of intrigue and like join the cool kids club with like, like not a lot of like explanation of like what it is that they do in that structure. And so when you aren't really clear about what the structure is, what the outcomes are going to be like, we, we really need to be able to like enact a healthy masculine to help our potential clients feel safe in our marketing Um, And then on the feminine side, when we're, like, hyper-feminized, that's where we go into, like, a bit of the martyr archetype, where there's not a lot of boundaries, where you're available all the time, Katie. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to, like, point out that, like, we got to, like, see a really beautiful expression of what happens when the, the feminine isn't rooted and grounded in their own boundaries, right? So, like, for you... Having a bit of that like healthy masculine come up and say no is really what's going to help that feminine feel like rooted and grounded. Right. Um, And then so much of social media nowadays is the under feminine or the uh, lack of feminine energy which is like i'm i'm going into like victim mode people are bullying me people are calling me out people are canceling me and like can i call people into my corner um through this like story of victimhood and so like what we're trying to do is find a place where your masculine and the feminine feel safe so that your marketing the way you hold space for your clients the way that you make decisions for your business the way that you create offers, the way that you price offers, like all of that is coming from this beautiful dance between your healthy and balanced masculine and feminine.
6: So,
1: yeah. I Can I any-
0: also yeah.
6: share like a um, quick observation on that? Uh, yeah. That I think that it is, it's so hard to do that, that that balance of masculine and feminine, it's it's a lot of work that goes into that and, I think I see myself, um, you know, not even thinking about it as like marketing yet. But as I post things on, you know, my Instagram, I struggle between, you know, wanting to go the kind of the quick way of just like briefly highlighting, you know, just the things that I've accomplished or the things that are just like on top of mind as like, okay, like done, check. That comes to me as, you know, very masculine. Mm -hmm. Although what I truly want to express is more of the feminine. Which is of the journey and and the and the growth and the learning and the more of the nuanced um, feelings experienced from that process, which is what matters more. And mm. to integrate both into a short, um, you know, snippet of, of writing and, it, it, and and also images, of course, um, it's a lot of work, and you have to kind of put your thought and energy and time into that to create. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that there's
0: a level at which like it feels like there's so much writing on that one post um and i and i talk about this a lot with with my clients is like think of it as like you're creating a body of work So there is going to be some posts where it's like you're talking about the end result or you're talking about a testimonial from a client. That's more of a masculine post. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: then there might be another post where you're like, hey, like, let's talk about the journey. And so Mm -hmm. like like zoom out on that lens a bit and um, and think about your Instagram feed or, you know, whatever platform you're using as more of a body of work um because people are really just getting to know you on on those platforms and so you know you don't want to like if you were to go out on a first date with somebody and just like bombard them with like your entire life story like that'd be really a lot for them to digest and so um if you think of it as like okay so we're building a relationship and what would be an appropriate thing to share at this level of the relationship and and um I find that becomes a lot easier to post and it puts less pressure on each individual post
6: when you can sort of zoom it out in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I really just feel like more of a, of a dance, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a structure that you have to kind of like abide by and, and yeah, fulfill. So yeah, yeah. that's really helpful.
0: Hmm. Oh, Laima, I want to circle back to you. Um wondering if that sparked any other questions around the masculine and feminine. Um, I feel like we danced around quite a bit.
4: Um, yes, I suppose the social media, Instagram thing is kind of most difficult to find that balance. I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes some revelations come to me like really easily and I share it and it it really uh, then resonates with people when it yeah. comes just to be like this. Mm-hmm. and I try for trying I find myself trying to force that out in a structured way you know to have that consistency and this ta-ta-ta everything and is like not even worth it because I know that there's not gonna be response to those posts it's gonna kind of come out fake and I hate I hate writing them you know so I try to kind of get myself in a space where something valuable is coming out but mm-hmm. I can't quite you know do it out of my will it's just if something will come then write it so now you know with the Instagram algorithms and having to post this pressure to da 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 is very difficult I find mm-hmm. Do you have any words of advice for that? (laughs) Well, I'm hearing
0: your feminine pretty strongly in that statement of Mm. her saying, like, I want to find flow. I want to find creativity. I don't want to be fake. I want to be really intentional. Um, I want to be creative. And then your masculine comes in and is like, no, but the algorithm and no, but the structure and no, but this is what, you know, other people say you need to post. And no, this is what, you know, business coach a business coach b says so like when you root into like how those posts low when you're in your feminine when you're like sort of sparked like can you sort of recreate what that process is like for you
4: then it's just life you know a revelation for myself that i know is so important for me so i just share it out of just this free feeling it just flows and is easy and I don't have to I just sit down I write it and I don't think about it and it goes yeah and it's very I find the same at at work I have a ceramic studio so I found that when people come usually it's women that uh, want to learn from me and I take them like my apprentices and students and I find that all these women they need structure from me they are completely lost
0: Mm-hmm.
4: practice without me putting on a whiteboard and putting some times and this 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 really like providing them this framework mm-hmm. And over years i've learned to do it but now i i canceled everybody because i'm like i am don't want to be your masculine frame anymore mm-hmm. i thrive in my own creativity when i just come in the studio like whenever I feel like it doesn't matter it's Sunday or Monday night or whatever just I feel like it I go and I do it but whenever there are other people that I'm kind of accountable for then I feel has to be in the structure yeah and I don't see a way how to have both how there is some sort of structure for everybody to coexist together that I have to create when mm-hmm. I really don't create this structure yeah.
1: yeah.
4: I struggle enough to get my own structure and it kind of comes forced mm-hmm. and I don't even know how necessary it is you know yeah. to have because I was so much into the structure that now I just want to go totally in the flow maybe yeah. yeah. doubt there will be some balance
0: and that's the beautiful journey right? Like a lot of us have to do that pendulum swing from one side all the way to the other side and Mm. to not make that part of the journey wrong either. You know, eventually you'll find some sort of balance in the middle as you start feeling more safe. So like part of the like swing into the masculine structure was from a sympathetic space of feeling activated and then it doesn't sound like I'm not I'm not picking up on any like sympathetic activ- sympathetic activation on the like lack of structure. But if you go into the space where it's like lack of structure to the point of like freezing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's also like we've gone a little bit hyper feminine of like no action, right? And so you're gonna find your flow somewhere in the middle and the piece that I think is important to hold on to here is like how does that feel in my body? Does it feel safe in my body? you know and for the first time you are asking what does it feel like in my body when I take the structure when I take the schedule when I take the like the times on the whiteboard and just erase the entire whiteboard out and I just go into the studio when I want to go into the studio and there might be become some sort of of flow and play there, you know. I think somebody mentioned earlier that it was really nice, like 2020 made you sort of like hit the complete brakes on. And what I noticed in myself, not having any structure of like needing to go to work and needing to see clients is like, I started feeling like, oh, in my body, like I get the most creative flow in the morning. Like right when I wake up, I want to sit down with my pen and paper and just write And then, like, right when, like, two o'clock rolls around, that's where the structure, like, has to go away. Like, I cannot do any work between, like, two and four. And then I get, like, a weird little burst of energy at, like, nine at night. And instead of fighting that weird, like, weird structure that my body has sort of, like, said it wants to do, then I just flow with it now, right? And so this is the first time where you've taken, like, the complete schedule out of your life. And so mm. start playing with like, how does my body want to do this? You know, do I want to wake up early and go in the studio? Or does that feel better at night? Or does it feel better after a weekend? You know, mm. and sort of hold space for these questions without any sort of like judgment of I should be doing it this way. Mm. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's kind, it's kind of what, I, i'm doing a little bit but there is a thought in me that wants to make this schedule i even today i was scheduling like what does the perfect day flow like you know what are the best times for each thing Ex- exactly how you f- say like most yeah. energy morning and yeah. then what is the, the most productive thing to do in that time yeah. and but I make the schedule, I try to stick through it, but then life kind of does stuff. That doesn't put me, um, it doesn't upset me, but I feel a little bit like I'm failing my own structures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I will say that like, it took me about four months to figure out like, that it was okay for me to work at like nine at night. Cause there's mm. so many people who are like, no, like you should put your computer away. Like when the sun goes down and my brain would be like, no, but that's like when I want to write, like that's, that's usually when my Instagram posts come out, you know? Mm. And so when you just give yourself the permission to just to be with it and like, give yourself a bit of time. I think, Like I said, I think it took me about four months for me to figure out like, oh, two o'clock not a good time for creative flow but nine o'clock fantastic um and sort of sit in the curiosity of it um mm-hmm. and that sense of failure is again it's that like societal pressure of like you should do things this way mm-hmm. so. okay yours. is that feeling complete for you Laima? i want to just make sure that that Feels. yeah thank you thank you yeah okay. yeah so I so appreciate you all showing up and spending time with me this morning for me but I don't know where you all are at all over the world I imagine um and yeah these are gonna be regularly held first Wednesday of the month and like I said I'll I'll take a I'll look at the chat questions and and that might end up actually being like my content for the next month or so. So <laughs> thanks for those questions. Um, and hopefully this was helpful for you. Hopefully it was really nice to root down in the community and just share space together and um,
1: and we'll see you next month. Thank you, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.